Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo. This beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own Journey of Me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always, by my side, Champion Mindset co-host Marcus Pierce. LT, great to hear your voice. You sound very relaxed. Relaxed? Well, yeah, you're you sound know. cruising, man. Well, it's, uh, I'm sitting in my office right now, chilling. Talking to you, doing Inside yeah. Champions Mind podcast. What else is there to be stressed out about? I like it. I like it. This ties in beautifully to what I'm hoping to talk about on this episode, LT. All right. What are we talking you about give today? Give me your dulcet tones. Well, I've just been in Melbourne. My beautiful, my first ever blood niece is in the world. Does that sound brutal? Blood niece. Blood niece. <laughs> <laughs> blood so niece. I'm Uncle Marcus to lots of nieces and nephews on Sarah's side, but my sister, Beautiful Olivia has recently had a baby, baby Audrey. Hey, congratulations. um, Thank you very much. So I decided to take Maya down. We weren't going to go visit until Christmas time because we're already going to Melbourne for Christmas, but baby Audrey came into the world and I thought, you know what, I'd love to take Maya down because she's she's five and a half. She's at that age where she just love it. it. So I took her down for two days and uh, had an incredible time and... I was in Melbourne in the, you know, in suburbia and seeing everyone. We were getting up at six in the morning and taking a dog for a walk and seeing everyone going to work and doing all of their things. And I was having these big thoughts. When a new life comes into the world, you, you have these big thoughts. And I wanted to chat today about how you and I and people listening and the rest, how life's priorities shift, particularly when a big chapter happens, like you get a new job or you have a child or some big development happens in your life. And and how you, and we can talk about myself, but I'd love to chat with you about just how you've, um, how you design your life consciously, because a lot of people, having been to Melbourne and seen all of this again and again reiterated, a lot of people are going about their lives somewhat unconsciously thinking that they have very little choice um, in, in, in experiencing the life that they live, whether it's I've got to go to work because, or I've got to go to work because, um, we have kids to feed or we have kids' education to pay for or we have this and or whatever and I can't really choose my job because this is what I'm good at or I can't really earn more in my job because my job doesn't allow that. I thought we could just talk really quite clearly about how uh, – I'm not going to say you and I. I'm happy to talk about me as well but me being the journal, I'd love to ask you how we go about consciously designing our lives regardless of the the, the popular beliefs there are around the limits that we have because some people think they just they don't have any choice that they just have to do it, and um, and how people 
listening go about consciously changing some of the things in their life? Well, it's a great topic and we can go, you know, it's just, you were just listening to you. We could have gone like five different directions. So I guess we'll just pick one and then we'll go with it. <laughs> um, yeah. When I was saying, I was like, well, we could go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. We could go really go anywhere here. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind, I'll just speak for my mind, like what comes up for me inst- uh, instinctively and then we'll go from there. So first thing that comes to my mind was that um, we live in a movie. I think a lot of us, most of us, um, almost feel like we live in this, in this movie that, you know, day to day we just move and we just kind of just do the same thing or, or whatever that moves you doing the, 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 the priorities or the things that you got to get done. You know, you got to, you know, brush your teeth, you got to eat, you got to go to work and you, it basically we just kind of move like zombies almost. Um, are you a character before you get into the nitties of this? Are you a character? Are you a Hollywood actor? Uh-huh. Is there someone? I know in the movie you're Lawrence Tam, but. Is there a prototype here? Are you Hugh Jackman? Are you... <laughs> On my alter ego? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. You... <laughs> it's funny because I was actually uh, listening to someone uh, just recently. They were talking about you know creating an alter ego and uh, creating an alter ego that allows you to to um, to really become more of who you who could be. And uh, anyways, that's totally different prop topics. You Bruce uh, Lee, Jackie Chan? Yeah, not not so much. Not so much. Marcus <laughs> Pierce is uh, it's, it's the movie. Uh, no, I don't actually have a character uh, in mind. Um, but the thing is, is that you know, having said that, for example, like if you were into a movie, the only difference between a um, what you just said there is about being consciously aware. So. Mm-hmm. Building a structure, that's, that's the whole point you were talking about, building structure. And uh, when you're building structure, one of the key things is actually building a structure that matters, which means that you're building a structure consciously on a day-to-day basis. Because otherwise, if you don't actually have a structure that's built in, you're going to travel into this day-to-day life doing exactly the same thing as you did yesterday and the day yeah. before and the year before. And this is where we get trapped. You know, people talk about the rat race. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't just apply to people who, who go to work. It applies to every single one of us. I'm guilty of this all the time. And like you said, it takes a big moment sometimes or a realization, maybe reading a book or listening to someone and or someone died or someone was born or something significant happens in the world, um, like 9-11 or, you know, something happens and go, oh, like, wow, let's stop and reflect and let's be present for a little bit and realize. And, and then, you know, five minutes later, we go out, get on with our lives, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about building structures and, and in your day-to-day life, I think, um, in order to create the momentum and the, the life you actually want to live. It's easy to do it once in a while, like when you're on holiday, reflecting back and, and all that stuff. But I think it's about building structures. Um, maybe not. Maybe it's not daily. Maybe it's about weekly or maybe it's monthly or maybe every quarterly. It doesn't matter. I think yearly is way too long. But it's about having a check-in with yourself to say, is this what I want to do right now? Is this something that is the most productive of my potential? I've got to ask you lots of questions here. I'm busting. Is now a good time? Or do you yeah, want to talk go, some man. more? Go for it. Okay, so so what I'm really wanting to know is is did your philosophies around this shift when Kaya was born, like when you had your first child, did the way you think about I'm going to just going to say right now your working life did it change? So were you someone that was working big hours and then you were like, okay, I've got a child now. Uh, I've got a wife that needs me more than ever. I've got to work smarter, not harder. Um, did did something change for you, um, or have you always been very conscious of designing, let's say, your work life, um, very yeah, very consciously? Uh, no. So 
yes, I would say yes to the first question in the sense of when Kai was born, um, everything changed, right? Everything changed. Now, was it conscious or necessity? That's probably the best, <laughs> better question. That's probably the better question. So I, I think everything changed. You had a rough first year, didn't oh, you? Oh, I had a rough first year. Like uh, for nine months, I was in hibernation. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so it was rough. So I think, so let's go back a step. Before, before kids, I was... Um, I was working long hours. Like I did a lot of hours. What hour, what a long hours? Probably going to know specifics. Uh, like. So in practice, when I was in practice, I probably you know leave for work at like quarter to seven seven o'clock, and I'd probably be home by eight o'clock, eight thirty. Yeah. So it, when yeah. I used to work, uh, where I practiced was like forty five minute drive. Um, wow. There and back there. So there and so forty five minutes there, and then forty five forty minutes coming back. Um, and I work late, so I work from seven thirty to seven o'clock at night. Uh, obviously, I had, I had a two hour lunch break, but I'm not. Yeah, gonna, but you like, weren't home for that. I can't come home for that when I live that far. Come when home I, for ten minutes. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> uh, so in those circumstances, they were a long day, but I didn't work every day. Like you know, uh, actually no, I actually worked four. I would say I worked about four days out of the five. Right for a chiropractor, yeah. that's a lot. Like especially when you're pulling twelve hour days. Yeah. Um, so, but my wife didn't work or she did work for a little while. And, um, so it was like a lot of nighttime. And then, so when I come home, we'll have dinner, you know, cuddle time, blah, blah, blah. And then she'll go to bed, like say 10 o'clock. And then I'll work from 10 to like 12 wow. <laughs> on doing whatever. Like I was, you know, tinkering around on the internet and doing some online stuff and, you know, just, you know, whatever, whatever I needed to do, learn some courses, um, you know, watch, you know, launches and videos and stuff and so i did that for a long time um but that's because you know i could and um and i spent a lot of focus on just learning and developing so that was that but then realizing when when kai came around um i realized i couldn't do it anymore like i like literally just because well first of all i was tired um i couldn't sleep and uh well actually she couldn't (laughs) sleep so therefore i was awake like three o'clock in the morning holding her walking up and down the hallways um so my hours of sleep like on average was probably up to like four or five hours a day and then plus i was working that's when i realized i need to be more efficient with my time and so that's when i needed to go all right um so i built you know unconsciously i think or maybe consciously i don't know i just built systems around me to make my life a little bit easier so which means that i was very strategic where before i wasn't strategic it was just like random and where i was very strategic building a practice or my business where i basically showed up did my thing which was adjusting communicate adjust to communicate adjust and then at the end of the at the at the end of the morning shift i go okay is there anything you want me to do anything you need, i need to know about any clients that you know whatever and they go nope okay see you later rush home you know give karen a bit of relief you know, I'll be back an hour and a half, two hours later. So this is only when I was 10 minutes driver and I come back and then come back and start my afternoon shift from two to seven. Mm. And then I'll finish it around seven 30, drive home, eat dinner and then take over the baby. She can sleep. And then I'll stay up with the baby till like 11 o'clock, you know, 1130. And then I go, okay, it's now my turn to sleep. <laughs> and then, you know, and then it kind of, the cycle continues for like nine months. So yeah, I don't think I attended a seminar for at least 11 months. I think, uh, I still remember the very first seminar I went back to. Um, and, uh, yeah. So for, as a parent, as a parent. Yeah. 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 So I, I didn't do anything. So I think it, out of necessity, I actually created structure, um, in my practice life and my home life to become a bit more, um, bit more, you know, 
strategic about it and yeah. how I function, and which kind of led me to where I am. I'm still like tweaking. I'm still tweaking to make it better, more efficient, and uh, try not to work as hard as I can. This is the nature of the beast, though, because I can relate to you on so many things here. And I wrote down whilst you were talking, uh, you wrote that you said that you built systems to make your life easier. I wrote down complain or change. And I think a lot of people out there, people not listening to this podcast, of course, a lot of people out there would tend to complain about their circumstances rather than change their circumstances. So you actually built systems to make your life, to change your life in many ways so that it was easier. But I feel that a lot of people either don't have the belief that they can change it or they don't feel like they have the ability to change it or they they just don't believe that it can be changed. So rather than actually changing it, they almost just suffer to it and then just get through that um, rather than going, well, you know what, hold on a minute. Like I've been presented with a challenge and I can do something about it if I believe I can. And no matter how small the step is, I'm going to take this step forward. Well, there's a couple of things with that, right? Number one is that, you know, by claiming that you work your butt off um, and I'm always busy, that kind of gives you like a little medal of honor, right? From from your fellow workers or fellow friends, like, oh, I'm I'm so busy, right? And, and, you know, that's sort of like that crazy thinking that all of us goes, the harder we work, the 50 hours work a week that we pull, that's going to be awesome. And, you know, I I learned that like, that's just, that's just kind of, crazy to me yep. you know you know uh, the running joke in chiropractic sometimes you know when i ran a full-time practice um uh, when so when kai was born and when christian was born i i cut like i used to work only three days a week right and i cut it down to two days a week and some people were like you know that's full time for me like you know in that two days i was you know putting in about 20 hours maybe yep. um 20 hours maybe to to you know just for my clients but it doesn't mean i wasn't doing anything else for the other five days Right. Um, but I was working on on my own time, studying and doing and creating another business and, and doing the wellness couch and podcast and all that stuff. So, but you know, for a long time, I was, you know, working only maybe three days, four days a week. Does that mean that I didn't do any work? Well, no, I just became more efficient doing those things. So that's one is about the, having this medal of honor saying that, oh, just because you work long hours means that, uh, you know, you, you get this badge of honor saying, hey, you worked hard. That's not true. The t- truth is, is that how much work did you, quote unquote, work did you actually get done in those 50 hours of work week that you actually were working, right? And I can tell you that I know, and we've had the discussion that, you know, even in a seven or eight hour day that I do here, I'm not productive for seven, eight hours straight. I can't be. It's impossible. I've tried it. It just doesn't work. Right. Well, Colin Boyd said on our recent podcast, if you can do four hours of quality work a day, you're flying. Man, if I can do two hours of solid work, I'm done. No, seriously, because I'm talking about like two to three hours, like solid, solid work. And that's awesome if you can pull that off. And that's what I aim to do. Um, I know my afternoons are, are, are hard um, to, to kind of get focused on. So therefore, I put all my calls in reliance of like, you know, doing this type of podcast in the afternoon because mm. I can feed off your energy. I can kind of, you know, mm. pull myself out of it. But the willpower to do that in the afternoon by myself to kind of think of a topic is very difficult. Yeah. So I think it's about being strategic and, uh, and, and, and having a plan. And I think you're absolutely right. People who are saying, so, you know, sometimes you're listening to this and go, well, I, I have a job. Like I don't have my own business. I don't have, uh, you know, my own control over my business and uh, I got to work these hours, blah, 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 blah. And I get it. I get it. I've worked for companies before I worked in the, in that industry. I didn't like, it, and that's why I left. And so, it, the thing is that it comes down to is responsibility. Mm. So take responsibility to yourself to kind of go, well, 
you can either take responsibility and going, how can I do this faster, better? And uh, honestly, if I can do 40 hours of work a week in, in 25 hours in a week, then I think I should be able to present to my boss and say, I get more done than anybody else. So either promote me or, you know, then let me work from home and I'll deliver you the same results. Exactly. Just as effectively, if not more. Exactly. In this day and age, it's not about, it's, it's, I rather see results. I don't really care about my staff, how how many hours they work. That's not what I count them by. Um, I pay them by per hour, but I want to see results. That's what I care about. And they, if they produce the 40 hours of results in 20 hours and the rest of the time they, they, you know, they don't, they're doing something else and learning or doing whatever. Fantastic. I mean, that's what Google set up that way, right? Google has 10% uh, leeway, um, that allows the uh, employees to kind of do their own project, right? Because why? Because they want to have, want to stimulate creativity. No one wants to kind of just do data entry work and, and just listen to someone telling you what to do. You want to be a creative. And if we can get more people to be more creative, that's better. But the responsibility part is to say, what can I do to change this? How can I change this? And and how can I you know create something uh, of my life and uh, be responsible? At the end of the day, one of the first things that came to my mind when you, when you did that first little bit was that where we are right now is the sum of all the decisions you've ever made in the past to get you there. So if we can say that, then that means that you're you're the only person who's responsible to where you are. You can't blame anybody else. And when you start blaming everybody else, that's a problem because you can't change it if it's someone else's fault. But you can change it if it's yours, if you take full responsibility. Now, it sucks to blame yourself, but you're the only person you can blame. Now, certain these there's certain circumstances that you didn't have a role in the certain circumstances that were done to you by the environment. However, I almost go to the full extent that it, it was take responsibility that you put yourself in, in the first place in there. that environment. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it. You Absolutely. didn't have to be there, but you chose to be there. Right. Sure. It might've been sheer luck, but you still chose that day to be in that spot that day that got into that car accident that made you, you know, uh, you know, hurt yourself that day. And therefore you're in pain all the time. Right. Like I know that seems really extreme but when we can take full responsibility then then we can actually take responsibility moving forward mm-hmm. and uh, it's claiming it claiming your life back rather than letting someone else dictate your own life absolutely and i do think one of the one of the greatest role models on this and i feel like i refer to her all the time but i just love her alice hurt sommer oldest survivor of the holocaust died at 110 her mantra was i have no room for pessimism or hate went through all the atrocities of auschwitz um, while she was at Theresienstadt, saw family members pass away and did not hold grudges against Hitler and the Nazis for what they did. She said, we all have a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. She was at peace with the whole thing. And like you said, LT, she took responsibility of the fact that she was there. Yes, it was in many ways beyond her control, but she still took responsibility for the fact that she was there. And I think if more of us, that we don't have to go through an episode like that in order to take responsibility. But we, but we see it pretty starkly. If someone's gone through something bigger than what we're going through and they're dealing well with it, that should be inspiring us to also succeed in it as well. Well, we should learn from those experiences. Exactly, exactly what you just said. We don't need to go through their experiences to kind of get wake up to that. Like, why would you want to put yourself through that? Let's, let's learn from those people who already gone before us uh, in those circumstances that um, has changed their life. I mean, there's a great story, similar, very similar to the story with uh, Hurricane Carter. 
I don't know if you know who he is. Um, he yeah. was a he was a boxer, and there was a movie made with Denzel Washington called The Hurricane. And he was a boxer, uh, a, a a black boxer in the United States. And um, you know, he was you know you know he was at a time in the ni- I don't can't remember what years, but probably nineteen forties and fifties where he was starting winning belts, and he was framed for murder, and uh, and he was put into jail. But he knew he was innocent. So he even told, you know, when he went into jail, when he, when he was convicted uh, of, of being guilty, he went into the jail and told the warden that I'm not going to be treated like a prisoner because I'm not guilty. You can't take that away from me. You can't take my life away from me because if I follow your rules, like he, he followed the rules, but he said, I'm not dressing up, you know, like, or I can't remember exactly what he didn't do, but basically he, he basically, you can't own my mind. You can dress me like a prisoner. You can hold me like a prisoner, but you can't own me like a prisoner. And you will not, you know, I will not be treated like a prisoner because I'm not a prisoner. And so when he, so then he studied, studied, the, I think he was in jail for like He's been in jail for 20 years already at the moment. Oh, Incredible. perfect. 20 years, right? So in 20 years, what did he do? He learned. He learned to become a lawyer uh, from memory. And he mm. basically fought his way back and uh, proved his innocence after 20 years. And he came out and they, finally he was released after 20 years of uh, wrongfully convicted of, of the murder. And what, what would most of us do? We're going to sue the government. We're going to sue the, the people who, um, who, who basically put us in jail, who had the prejudice against me to, 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 to put, 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 put me in jail, for example. That's what, that's what most of us would be able to do because it comes from that hatred. What did he do? He didn't do anything. He said, if I did that, then it means that they won. It means that they, I, I gave my life away for the last 20 years. He said, that's not it. That didn't happen. I took responsibility that I'm moving on with my life. It just happened to me at 20 years you know, blimp in my life uh, in jail. And, you know, that's, that takes, I don't know if I could do that when you think about it, but man, that takes a lot of <laughs> mental strength to be able to, to just remove that hate or just remove that responsibility, take, take responsibility to say, hey, I'm going to dictate, I'm going to run my life and no one's going to run mine. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, it's very similar. So it's talking about responsibility. And it's similar. I know um, when, uh, Tony Robbins talks about when he met Nelson Mandela. He says that he doesn't think he would have the mental fortitude to not come out of jail. He reckons, Robert, Tony Robbins says, if I come out of jail after 27 years, I'd probably want to go and kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. And he says, I can't believe Mandela comes out and says, you know, let's create peace and I'm going to lead the country and I'm going to just help bring the country together. Um, and then he takes his, his prisoners, his, the prison guards, to, to be on his team, right? <laughs> like. To, to, to support him, then pull support. Like the people who have been looking after and jailed him for the last, you know, 27 years. And he grabs those people to, to be his supporters and to be part of, part of uh, his mission uh, accomplishment in South Africa. That's, which is amazing. Incredible. Now, I've got to ask you something because I, I want to talk about this before we run out of time. And I, I really love your views on this. I know my folks split up because my dad was one of the men, uh, and I know there's many of them out there, that was like, I work and I work, you know, big hours, 60, 70, 80, 90, pick your number, right? And I work and I work and I work. Um, surely that's enough. Like, what do you mean we, we need to go on down date nights? What do you mean we need to look after, you know, spend time with the kids? What do you mean we should be doing this and doing that? Like, my dad is a very much a... Uh, just work harder, work harder, work harder kind of guy. He's a legend of a bloke, great man. He's a great father and all the rest of it. But in the philosophy of the attitude to work, he 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 probably knows that if he thinks of his life, he could work smarter, not harder, but he definitely subscribes to, particularly the way he would have been raised and the rest, that 
the value is in how long you work, not necessarily what you're getting out of it. What do you say to people that know they're in the thick of that at the moment? Because I know for me, I in the first at least from the age of 18 to 25 and probably even longer, maybe, maybe it was up until May I was born, but I was definitely just work harder, work harder, work harder. And you always hear about smarter, but it's not that necessarily easily, that's not that easily changed if you're living through a habit that essentially has been taught to you for many years. Um, what are your views on that and, and how do you think people can actually make the shift? I think it's a twofold thing and I think you'll probably you know, be surprised with this answer. I think one of the key things is that, um, number one, is that I am I struggle with this all the time, okay? And uh, here, here. because it's something that I go through on almost on a weekly basis and you know, I think one of the one of the key things about our lives is that, you know, me and you, Marcus, is that we run our own business. And some people say, well, that gets just so amazing freedoms. It's fantastic. And you guys get to choose your own hours. Yeah, I, you know, 100% agree. That's the reason why we did it. Yeah. Right. We get to live anywhere in the world. We can travel wherever we want. And, you know, we can kind of work from wherever we want. Yes, we don't have a place that we have to be, which is the, the best part of it. The other flip side, though, with like everything else, okay, is that, we don't have the security, yeah. right? The financial security, the security of of having the set times off, set uh, set pays, and knowing that your income is going to be solid no matter what, no matter what crisis. Yeah. So we have to kind of put in the hours to to make it work. We have to work late at night. We have to kind of take some calls at nighttime at you know nine o'clock. Or I deal with an international audience, so which means I got to be awake at at certain times or get up early in the morning to to take you know phone calls, and so. At the beginning of building a business, we almost have to do anything that everything and everything to 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 make it work. And so the hours are are put in. And so, do I ever feel guilty that I have to travel so much? Do I ever feel guilty uh, for leaving my family, um, you know, without their dad for for a few days or a week? Hell yeah, it sucks. And um, I I get torn by that all the time. And some people, you know, but there's one flip side of people like, well, it's amazing to see that you're traveling all so much, but there's a back on the, there's a lot of thinking in the back of people's mind goes, how does he do that? How can he leave well, some people get angry and they're like, why is he doing that? Like, yeah. Why is he, he doing that? He's not been a good dad or a good husband or. Exactly. Yeah. And I get that. I, I get that feeling. But there's also too, what you don't see is, yeah, the, the guilt that I have before I leave, <laughs> like the week before I leave, it's, it's. It's it's crazy. It's it just mounts on me, and and I and and there's that pull internally, but also know there's something I have to do. And mm. so for some of those, so so some of the the dads that work nine to five, well, you work nine to five. Like you you have a job, and you know you got to do it. I don't have to work nine to five, but mm. means I have to work on weekends sometimes. I have to fly away, and that's just part of my job. You know, I have an international audience, so therefore I need to cater to that. And then so there's that pull when I come home, but. The connection that I have with my kids when I come home and the time that I can spend with them, I can take a whole week off if I wanted to, um, as long as I plan, you know, um, perfectly, then I could do that. And so there's advantage and disadvantage. I think we need to just see both sides. Um, just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean that you have it all. Just because you have a full-time job doesn't, doesn't mean you have it all either. There's always pros and cons. It's depending on what lifestyle you choose to live with. Um, I think what you're, I can't even remember what the question <laughs> you you asked me. Oh no, just the the shift from um, understanding working smarter, not harder, okay. to so, actually doing it. And I think that just big decisions have to be made. Really. Okay, so I think one of the key things is that you got to have a team behind you. Like you got the people in your lives that you got to you got to answer to, have to be okay with it. 
I, I, and Karen and I talk about this all the time. You know, my wife and I says this is if she, um, like her full time position, her full time job is being mom, right? And she looks after the kids and she looks after the household and she does everything to make me be able to do what I do. Now, if she was to go after a career where she was um, claiming significance or she was a speaker or she was doing what I was doing, trust me, this relationship would not last. Yeah. Or something would give. So I remember you, you and I spoke about this. Yeah. We're incredibly grateful that we've got very, not simplistic, but uh, what's the word like? We've become almost stereotypical in our relationships where our wives love, both, we're fortunate that our wives love being the maternal, being at home mum because we love being the the almost like the we love to work and do what we do and travel and all of the rest of it because otherwise it was two taipeis together it wouldn't last it wouldn't last well it it could last but the kids would suffer then mm. and so then therefore there will be some suffering there so um i think without without having a very very supportive wife uh in my life um who supports everything that i do um and yeah does she get resentful of course she does i mean you guys gotta think about that like i mean i'm standing in front of say you know at the wall and something you know 700 people and talking and i'm being away and you know to her from the outside in it's like oh it's lots of fun right well mm. you and i both know that's not necessarily true right <laughs> so <laughs> there's yeah. a bit going on behind the scenes yeah so there's you know there's there's you know there's there's sure great components to be able to meet everybody and be on stage and that's where we get our juice from but at the end of the day there's a lot of things that ha- happens along that no one sees the cleanup the the packing up and you know staying behind and putting everything together and and all that stuff that 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 the long hours and the meetings at nighttime and and so she has to put up a lot and you know i really meant it when when i said uh, at the summit that we ended was that you know we got to thank our wives the people who were not even there because mm-hmm. they're the ones who make this happen because without them we would wouldn't be able to pull something off like that yeah you know and so those are the unfortunately they're they're often the silent ones they're often the the people that never get praised they're the ones who don't get the flowers and stuff and so i think it's it's about honoring them so i think in in to make it work you have to work smarter today like the to, to answer this question about smarter or work harder you have to work hard god you have to work hard you do like there's no doubt about it. i don't care about what what you do but you got to work your butt off this is this life like life is not meant to be easy. My life, you know, we talk about passion. Passion is about who says passion is about following your passion means that it's supposed to be easy. Following your passion means it's supposed to hurt. The definition of passion is suffering. It's suffering. Anyway. So exactly. It's suffering. Doing what right? you're prepared to suffer for. And so it's about suffering, grinding it through, working late nights and doing it. And, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a part of about hustle and, you know, uh, about doing the hard work and doing the hard yards. Now, does that mean that you have to suffer 24 or 7? No. And kill yourself in the process <laughs> right. and lose your relationships and go broke five times and have all kinds of drama in your life. Exactly. So now <laughs> it's about, okay, well, what are your priorities? What are your values? So my values and, you know, so very similar to yours, Marcus, is that the yeah. values of family and, and, and that side of things is important to us. So therefore, we'll work hard, but up to a point without sacrificing that part of our lives. Mm. But for some people, they work hard thinking that working hard, that bringing the money in and working long hours is their sacrifice to the family, mm. right? Where we'd see it completely different. Now, is it right or wrong? I don't think it's right or wrong. It's just that we just saw, we just held different values. And and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. For us, like I can only speak of me and probably you just because we're very similar, that working hard is important, but working smart 
what you know in that period yeah. of time is going to be more productive so we just got to create structures in our day-to-day life to make sure that we are become the most productive person we can be rather than trying to waste time and uh do do you know you know the worst day i have the worst days that i have is yeah. spending a whole day in my office and then at the end of it i felt like i did nothing yeah not because i felt bad for myself but i felt bad that i i gave up i wasted an entire day away from my family to do crap nothing. Yeah. yeah to do nothing and that what drives me now do i have those days yep i do do I have many of those days in a row? No. One a year. You have yeah, one no. a year. Oh, and more that's than enough. That. <laughs> that's more than that. more than that. But, you know, we don't want to have too many of those, those days in a row. And I think that's when, you know, I love, love what Steve Jobs says is that if you have too many of those days, I think something's got to change. Yeah, and yeah. you got to make the conscious effort and take the responsibility to change. And I think just one more thing. This is a totally tactical thing that I'm just going to share. A bit of an epiphany I had recently on this is that I worked out that being – being at the desk from 8 o'clock at night till 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock, like you said, you know, the whole 10 to 12 learning time and the rest, it's not that productive, like particularly as a parent anyway. I'm going to say it's not that productive because you wake up and you're slow in the morning or whatever it is. So for me, just recently, I just you know what, everything happens early in the morning. Before the kids wake up, it's far more productive and it's far easier to, to get things going. So for anyone out there who's a parent or wants to be more productive, can I just say – I highly recommend. I know you do this with CrossFit LT. Just get up early. I know it's hard at the beginning, but it's so much easier to be working smarter, not harder. One of the best things is just get up earlier, go to bed earlier, and uh, everything's far more productive and graceful. Well, I can tell you that I just so we can end off in this, but I can tell you um, I struggle with getting up early for a long, long time, like a long time. I'm talking years. Yeah. And uh, and finally, I decided to make the decision this year, and I would say it took me about three months. Talking about yeah. three months of getting up early every single day. Well, not everything. Three days out of the five, out of the seven, um, that finally go. You know what? It's actually pretty easy now. Um, it's still hard, but it's still it's still is way easier now than it was before. But I resisted against it for years, especially when I had young kids. Yeah, you don't get enough sleep, and I get it. You need your sleep, so it's different for everybody. You know, if you got a baby and you got a, a kid that's less than two years old, um, it's going to be a struggle to get up early in the morning. And Particularly because the nights feel like your time. It's like, oh, everyone's asleep. Right. Okay, this is my time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, and you might bed. not be able to do it. That's all I'm saying is that you might not be able to do that. And so, you know, then change something. Do something else. Doesn't mean that you give that up, and then doesn't mean you you know you can't fit it in somewhere else. So, I just think that you know everybody's different. Everybody's circumstances are different. We get it, but don't take our advice and just go, oh, okay, well, I can't do it, so don't do it at all. Your responsibility is go. Oh, I can't do that, but here's what I can do. Absolutely. That's what you should you should try to look for. Yeah, good call, LT. Well done, guys. Uh, love for you to you know tell us what you think about this. Like, how are you? Uh, you know, being are you working harder? Are you working smarter? I'd love to know how you do that. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Inside Champions Mind. Tell us what you think about um, this particular episode, but more importantly, maybe tell us you know maybe future episodes. What would you like to hear? What else? What challenges are you facing so that we can help you in that? Or if you don't want to post it on Facebook, that's fine. Maybe send us a message on our Inside Champions Mind uh, Facebook page. Go to wellnesscouch.com. Check out our, our posts, uh, p- uh, podcasts, and other podcasts that are there. Subscribe to us on 
iTunes. Uh, I'd love to hear reviews and also a rating that will help this podcast soar to the top. And uh, <laughs> as always, go to wellnesscouch.com with these uh, wellness guys I'm part of and uh, Marcus with 100 Not Out. Those are the other two podcasts that we do. Inside This is Inside Champions Mind, a show dedicating, helping you overcome mediocrity in pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lord Sam. He's Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.